0: You are listening to The Building Code, a podcast by Builder Trend where we talk all things technology and construction. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode where you can find out how to be a part of the Building Code crew. Let's get it. Welcome again to another episode of The Building Code. You are tuned into our regional series looking back at 2020, specifically talking about COVID-19. I'm sure we're all tired of it, but it is a good time to reflect. And today we have on in our West region, Brett Lott from Brett Lott Homes. Welcome, Brett, to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's good to be with you.
0: Very happy to have you here. And and thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, We were just talking before we hit record that, Brett, you've been with Builder Trend for seven years, going on eight years here next April. Uh, And I want to thank you uh, truly from the bottom of our hearts, the owners, the employees of this business. It's what keeps us in business and we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been a great experience for us. That's great. Mutually beneficial. So obviously, Brett, we reached out to you um, because of your link with Build-A-Trend, because of your unique, um, I guess, profile in Washington State. We wanted to hear from you about what it was like to find out that this COVID situation is happening, to... Navigate the first few weeks, which was chaos for everybody. But then we want to hear about how have things changed. But first, I think it's always important for you to set the table of uh, who is Brett Lot Homes. Can you give us kind of a, a rundown of uh, of your profile?
1: Okay. Thanks. Well, we've been we're coming up on our 30th anniversary that we that we've been in business. And my father was a contractor. My father-in-law was a contractor. And I vowed that I would never be a contractor. And uh, my father-in-law in the late '80s kept pestering me about building some homes, and I finally relented. And uh, from there, it uh, started to be a really good experience for us building homes. So we've not we've grown conservatively, conservatively on purpose, and uh, we we don't have a desire to be the the greatest biggest builder or anything, but we want to do a really good job of what we do. And so our growth has been conservative. We've got uh, three additional employees besides my wife and myself. And so we stay small so we can stay intimately involved with each of the homes that we're
0: building. Wow. So, so you vowed never to be in construction. I mean, there are probably people listening to this who had the same experience you did, but for me, let me know why, why growing up with a construction father and grandfather, did you say no way for me?
1: Well, for us, so in the Tri-Cities area, we have the Hanford Project, <clears throat> and during those years, it would all depend on the budget, uh, the government budget for the Hanford Project. So all of a sudden, the government would say, okay, we're putting millions of dollars into the Hamford Project, and the construction would go absolutely crazy, and people would come from all over the country to this area. And then all of a sudden, one day, they would say, okay, we're cutting the budget, and literally, it's like turning off a faucet and then all of a sudden everything was just dead. Wow. Including construction. And so I watched my father and father-in-law go through these boom and buff cycles and and it was crazy, then it was hard, and I just thought, you know, I'm not going to be that guy. I just want to going to get a job, going to stay consistent and uh, didn't want to go down that road.
0: That makes sense. What what was the Hanford project? I don't know about that.
1: Well, the it's a nu- nuclear uh, oh. facility. So, that's, uh, they, they had three nu- nuclear reactors, and now those are, that, and that kind of morphed into some other things. And now there's a huge cleanup, waste cleanup, where there's a lot of money coming into the area, and the area has diversified. So, there's lots of different things that are um, feeding the economy in the area besides just that big government project.
0: So it's similar to what we probably experienced over the last 10 years in North Dakota. They, they started fracking there and people flooded that area uh, to get jobs there, but also everything that came behind it, housing, things like that. And so that kind of up and down is similar to what you're talking about.
1: That is probably a really good example. It's just like crazy. No one has a place to live. They don't even have a place to stay in a hotel to a week later, Literally, people are taking their keys down to the bank and walking away from their home. So wow. it was just that kind of craziness. And That's I just, crazy. I didn't, I just wanted a good job. I didn't want to be in the fray. And uh, my father-in-law kept pestering me because um, the economy was good. And so we started and kind of started slow and and uh, conservative. And and it has, I'm really grateful. It's been a really good experience.
0: That's a great story. So again, just for the audience, you're in the southeast part of Washington. What city are you guys based out of?
1: So the city, the Tri-Cities is referred to as Pasco, Kennewick, and Richland. Okay.
0: Got it. So you're not in like the Seattle Urban Center. You're not in like the Portland Urban Center. You're in more of a rural area right now.
1: No, we actually have control over our city.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a shot (laughs) at Seattle there. So, you know... (laughs)
1: So the Tri Cities is we have the mountain range, and so we're literally desert. We get like seven inches of rain a year. Where Seattle's wet and green and everything. So it's it's a very different part of the state.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good to note because I think everybody thinks right away Seattle, you know, Washington. So, but you know you. You had a good segue into COVID nineteen because when you said you have control of your city, that could go that could go a political route. Let's not go there. Uh, we're going to stick within construction here. But That's a good idea. Yeah. So you know, let's just call it as a marker when March mid March hit, and we realized that this is a real thing, uh, and everything started shutting down, and and your local governments started making these mandates. Um, Can you just kind of recall that time and tell us a little bit where where your head was at and what was happening with your business?
1: Well, for us, I mean, really talk talk about a step into the unknown and a step into the dark. And so we really quickly went down into a a shutdown in our state. And there was a list of essential and non-essential businesses. And residential construction was deemed non-essential. So basically we had to shut everything down, uh, except for what we needed to finish to not incur spoilage. So for in the middle of framing, we could fiddle the finish the framing and still put on a roof and some siding, but we got to a point where a lot of the jobs just kind of had to be, had to be shut down. Uh, so that was kind of a pretty unknown scary time for a little while. And it was, it was billed as a short period, you know, flatten the curve a few weeks. And so it wasn't long after that. I don't know. I don't know. I forget the timelines, but a little while after that, that we were able to move the construction to a different phase. So we were able to continue in the construction with a long list of restrictions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, again, we're doing a a whole series of every region of the United States. We're going to get Canada and Australia, New Zealand, but I mean, I don't know the exact number of states, but Washington was only a, one of only a handful that deemed construction, non uh, residence construction, non-essential. Can yeah. you, I mean, the government that, that made that decision in Washington, what was the reasoning behind that? When every other state, the majority decided that it was.
1: You know, I'm still trying to figure that one out myself. Um, the best the best advice that I have had for this whole process is actually came from our local HBA executive. And he just said, Brett, do not try and make sense of this. And uh, so there's just a lot of things we've just had to learn. It's kinda like we can't try and figure out why or what makes sense. So we just kinda have to kind of roll with the punches and and uh, do our best with what's thrown at
0: us. Yeah. I think every, every small business, uh, in these last 10 months, I think the, the common thread is that there, because there was no like top level mandate that the unfairness and the, the different rules that came down, probably is the most frustrating thing. I can't even imagine, you know, building your company for 30 years and then having this when, when, you know, a few cause you're close to the border, a few miles away, maybe another company can continue construction. So, can't even imagine how difficult that was. So you guys navigated the first part. It opened up a little bit. Um, how has it been since then? What are some of the things that you guys have had to endure or, or pivot on that you can kind of look back now and, and talk about?
1: I think one of the things that we've learned through this whole process is the the ability to adapt and change quickly. So, um, literally, one week, it's one thing, and we've got some changes to make, and we've got to have different things on the job site. Um, it could be a couple of weeks later, and something else is going to be a little bit different. So we've just really kind of had to to roll with the punches and adjust to the changes that come um, to be able to have everybody going and working and, and do everything. So it's um, – I couldn't even – I mean, we've, we're waiting on things this very next week that's going to change possibly what we do. So we just never know what that's going to be.
0: Yeah. We're already into, you know, we're recording this on January 5th, 2021. And that's, that's kind of crazy to think that you're still in that, that bit of a flux. So, you know, I know you have a, you have a smaller team, you and your wife and then three other employees. Um, Do you feel like you had to adjust or systematize your internal communication because of this rapid change or, or or how did you guys navigate that internally to say, "Hey, we're, this is how we're going to stay on the same page and and move forward with these new regulations"?
1: That's really a good question. We're we're all really good communicators, and so we just had to sit down and say, "Okay, here's the list of the rules that we've got to go by," and then we just need to need to adjust. So whatever we're doing on the job sites or in the office, uh, for us, I think a big part of it is is that we've just had to. Turn a lot of things uh, to virtual, you know. So anytime a client says, "Well, hey, we need to talk about something," you know, it's going to be a virtual meeting. Um, I will say one of the great uh, pluses of BuilderTrend is that it has allowed us to have a set schedule. So we we line the jobs out on a schedule, and we are fanatical about keeping that schedule on BuilderTrend accurate. So anytime a homeowner or a subcontractor looks at that, they're going, OK, I believe that schedule because it's it's a real schedule. And so by doing that, we're able to keep the job sites uh, specific to the subcontractor that needs to be there. So there's not all of a sudden three subs showing up one day, and there's a whole bunch of people on the job site, and, and we're not keeping our social distancing and stuff like that. So it allows the subcontractors to be into more control their social distancing and following their rules for their company.
0: Well, you brought up a, a great point. I mean, over the last 14 years, I've talked to our companies, and you know, one of the things I've seen a mistake is that you set a schedule and then you don't keep it up to date, and so you deteriorate the subcontractor's confidence in that schedule. I, it's kind of like your reputation, right? You build it up, and if you screw it up once, you've lost it. I, I have to believe that confidence of the schedule is the same way
1: oh absolutely it's kind of like a bank of trust you know i mean you can it takes a lot to fill it It takes one thing to empty it and i've had subs come to us that are working with other builders that use builder trend and they're kind of like yeah i don't even trust their schedule i don't even look at it when i get notifications i just delete them because for one they're changing it all the time And there's a temptation that you say oh well this guy finished the day early we'll just change the schedule and all of a sudden, 20 people are getting notifications. And then the next day, it's like, well, they took a day longer. So now we change it again. So we've just resisted the temptation to quit to not change the schedule unless it's really, really necessary. And then we make sure if it if it does uh, what's going on, will reflect that. So they can, a, a, a trade partner can go and build a trend. They can look at the schedule. And then they can flip over to the photos And the photos are going to reflect what the schedule is. And so they've got two witnesses there to say, okay, yep, the siding is on, the roof is on, the schedule says that. I believe it and I can, I know when I show up it's my job and there's not going to be another sub there still hanging out for a couple days.
0: Yeah, that's great. I don't think we talk about that enough that, you know, having, it's really a job of the company to make sure all that stuff's true so you can instill confidence and that makes the whole thing go down. And, And one cog in that wheel. There, there's an issue there. Now, just with scheduling, and this might be getting too deep into Builder Trend, but do you guys, so that you, you don't make those small shifts, do you guys kind of use float days or or sort of bake in days between subcontractors? So if one does finish early, you're, you don't have to change the schedule and or vice versa if, if one's late?
1: No, um, a little bit, but not too much. So what we're doing is we're kind of massaging set the schedule a little bit in the background. So, for instance, if a framer says, "Hey, I'm going to be done three or four days early," we might call the plumber and say, "Hey, if you want to get in there a couple of days early, it's available." Mm-hmm. And if you don't, we're going to keep the schedule. But if you want it, and so they might jump in a little bit early, and they're going, "Oh, great, because we had a day that we were kind of looking for something to do," which is not likely, but yeah. <laughs> uh, then uh, they can do that. But we don't change the change the schedule on Builder Trend because everybody starts you know, then you start the notifications start going out and it gets kind of annoying for everybody to keep getting those notifications. Yeah.
0: That's a great tip. That's a great tip. We actually did add some float days as a new feature here uh, late last year, early this year. So if you're interested in that, talk to your, your Billetron rep, they can definitely show you that, but that's a great tip as well. So you guys had a pretty tight communication between the five of you, which five of you is really interesting. How many homes a year do you do?
1: Uh, we're probably kind of in
0: the 15 to 20 homes a year range. Wow. So that's, that's good volume for, for a small, small net group, which means you probably had to be really efficient to begin with, you know, so this, this COVID yep. thing didn't throw you too much for a loop. You know, when you talk about uh, your clients, so like, you know, their uncertainty, how did you guys approach your clients? Your messaging about, you know, all the changing that's going on within your state, your messaging about maybe delays and, you know, we talked about delays and, you know, vendors and suppliers could possibly happen. Did you have kind of a blanket message for them or were you using sort of a vehicle to do that?
1: So, yeah, our, because it's so unknown, our message has really been more verbal than like a written saying, Hey, this is our disclaimer, but multiple times along the way, every time that they ask, so what's this or what's coming up or what's the schedule and, to say, well, you know, this is what we're trying to work for, but everything's an unknown. And uh, so we're trying to help them understand that there's a lot of things that come and that are changing the schedule or delaying the schedule. And it's not just that the governor's coming and saying, okay, we're shutting down things. And it could be, well, okay, well, now we're not getting appliances like we could. Light fixtures are an issue um a sub calls up and says hey someone in one of the crews has COVID, so we're we've got limited crews now and and that's changing their schedule so we're just kind of in a constant state of flux with those things and we just keep communicating that to the client and just say you have to understand and they have been very understanding i mean they get it they're in the middle of it too they got kids in school they've got their issues that they're dealing with with their own work so they they're pretty understanding and that that's changing and flexing all the time.
0: Yeah. That, that is one of the positives that I think has come out of this crisis is that truly everybody's in it together. Everybody's being affected by it, subcontractors, clients. So I, I have to believe that your clients that maybe four or five years ago might've been a little prickly about the schedule and the timing. And I got my kid's graduation coming up. I want to be in the home by then. I mean, would you, would, is it fair to say that they're more understanding now?
1: Yeah, they are absolutely. One of the nice things about Builder Train is we have that schedule so they can see, and we don't let them see the whole schedule for the very purpose. If we let them see the whole schedule, what are they going to do? They're going to go to the last day and in their mind is going to be burnt that last day. And when it when it comes and there's slippage in the schedule, they're going to go, so why, what happened? What went wrong? And so we let them see a couple of weeks in advance, but Again, they're pretty, um, but we're very quick to communicate. So like if um, something is delayed, we're given a message and saying, hey, just so you know, this has come up and it's in Builder Trend Messaging. We've got a record of it. They respond to it. The realtor can see it. Um, You know, anybody, everybody that's involved can see it. So we're all collaborating on it together. It's just not a quick text that is forgotten and um not seen by everybody.
0: That's great. You know a lot of people have talked about how this crisis has sort of pushed the inevitable uh, technology revolution that businesses need to go through. you know, whether that's Zoom, whether that's like you know understanding that yes, everybody should be on that that builder friend message or we should be doing daily logs uh, for contact tracing and, and you know sort of tracing who's on the job site that day. Is that fair for your business, or did it did it push you in that direction at a faster pace?
1: Uh, Definitely. Uh, You know, all of a sudden, Zoom or virtual meetings became quickly, you have to very quickly, we had to become proficient at those. And we did. And one of the things I think, uh, you know, I guess for me personally and for our company, we've always um, had to over the years, we've had to change with the times, right? So you got to remember 30 years ago when I started business, there was no cell phones. There was no email, um, so if you wanted to make a phone call, it was through an office or home phone or a phone booth with a quarter or a dime or something like that. And so, you know, we've really um, keep having to keep up with technology has been really important. So we're kind of like the first ones with a website, or you know, we're we're definitely involved in social social media and those kind of things. So it wasn't a big step for us technology wise, because we've decided to do that throughout time.
0: Wow. That's great advice. Uh, because even if you, and I, I take your point because if you started your business five years ago, this technological shift you have to make probably isn't as big of a, you know, administrative system wide thing you did, you had to do cause you started 30 years ago, but you've made a commitment to being okay with change. Change is not scary. Change is good. Let's stay with it. So that's a great point. Uh, yeah, you guys have a, a great Instagram page, and you can check out Brett's uh, website, BrettLotHomes A great website, um, and uh, with some some really neat neat homes on here. Um, so I guess you were set up for success in that way because that was sort of the ethos of your business is not be afraid of that change. As you look to next year, or even some changes you've made this year that you're going to keep, are there any things that you, that you guys are thinking about as a business that? Yeah, that did, that wasn't fun to go through, but maybe this is the way we're doing it now.
1: Um, I you know I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, we're we're just we're we would just be excited to get through. Right, I <laughs> guess get on yeah. to something get on to something else, right? Yeah, I know. I um, I think it's pushed us definitely in the communication arena. Uh, we've really. You know, that has just been key within our company, but with our clients and especially with our trade partners. And again, that's kind of where Builder Trend has played a key role. I can't even imagine, I mean, this is not an advertisement, but I can't (laughs) imagine a a contractor in this day and age and era and time, especially with what's going on right now, how they're doing that without um, something like Builder Trend.
0: Yeah. Well, that that's obviously great to hear. and It's not an advertisement. So uh, not that I'm not going to clip that and use that by all means, <laughs> but, I, but I appreciate that. But it's I agree.
1: True. If if someone asked me in the last 30 years, if they said, so what's the most significant thing that has happened in your business? And that, I mean, when we're considering internet and cell phones and stuff like that, it would have to be um, build a trend because of what it's allowed us to do in the business and, and uh, watch and, monitor and communicate. It's been
0: excellent. Wow, that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, episode's over. We'll end on that note. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's, that's super, super generous of you to say. And that's, you know, you know, people talk about, you know, what's your why as a business, that's our why. So that's really great to hear that, that that's coming through for you. Um, you know, one thing that you had mentioned that I, I'm just thinking of now is that I think what, what COVID has pushed construction companies like you to do is communicate better. But I, almost educate. Like you have to educate the client about how one thing affects another thing with the supply chain. And if this doesn't come for four weeks, which is normally two weeks, that that delays this other part. Of, is that fair to say as well? Because it's been highlighted how these, these chain of events can really affect everything?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they don't know. And it's not like they build a house every couple of years. I mm-hmm. mean, there may be some of those clients out there, but this is maybe one or two times in their whole life they do this. They don't know so I think our feeling is if you don't educate the clients and communicate with them and, and help them understand what's going on, somebody else will. And generally that they're going to find that online, they're going to search for it. And it's probably not going to be the information that you want them to have. So either you do it or someone else is going to do it. So it's important for us to do it.
0: That's a great point. Either you do it and you, you educate them the way that you build or they get the wrong information and then, then there's some miscommunication between you and your client. So yeah. that's a great it, takeaway.
1: It it can be hard enough already. There's a lot of armchair contractors out there. Oh who yeah, want to go online and check everything out and mm-hmm. think that they might be able to manage a project better than you do because they found it online or something. So right. it's important to to build that trust and to have that communication with them to help them understand how things, how we do things, right? Because they're using us. It's just not. What everybody else does, this is what we do, and they've chosen us for a reason, and they have some confidence in us, and so they, we need to just continue to build that trust so they can have that confidence in us. I love
0: that. That's a great takeaway from everybody's listening. Yeah, I call that the HGTV effect. Maybe it's not great for contractors. Consumers love it, but maybe yeah. it sets some unrealistic expectations for for you builders out there.
1: That's tough because you know you look at any any of those programs. You know most most everything they talk about is negative you know well look what this happened in this home look what you know and so we're kind of dealing with that and so they kind of approach it with everything they see is some bad contracting experience and you got to watch them or else they're gonna gonna uh, do something that they shouldn't be doing so yeah um, that's by building i think you know when you build your brand and you are finding ways you become uh, the top of your um, market. So when people are out there looking and they're doing research or asking friends, you want them when they come by the time you come to you, they already have a pretty good perception of what that is. I've met with people before and I say, well, let me tell you a little bit about my company. And they're going, yeah, no, I'm fine. We pretty much stocked you online, so we know everything about you. So we're we're just ready to go ahead and get started building.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, social media is powerful for that, and, and your website, yes. that's great. Um, you know, maybe we should have a have a TV show that says America's Best Contractors and start highlighting. <laughs> All the good things that, what, that our clients do. There's a little, I'll put that in the, in the idea file for you. There we go. Uh, <laughs> all right, Brett. Well, you know, I, I want to be conscious of your time. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I do want to give you the opportunity, you know, uh, anything else you want to talk about your experience as relates to COVID and, and sort of, you know, your, your, your company's experience and, or, or what your outlook might be?
1: Um, I don't know. I just I would say probably we need to keep coming back and realizing that our employees and our trade partners are our greatest asset, and uh, the people that work for us and the trade partners are an extension of, of not only the company but of me personally. So our expectations are pretty high, and we um, it's important for us to treat them treat them that way. So as we're communicating with them, uh, we're uh, educating them on these things, that they're responding well and taking care of things like they should be, like we would want them to be.
0: That's great. A renewed focus on your employees, a renewed focus on your subcontractor vendor relationships, and you know, making sure they understand that they're an extension of you. That's a great. That's a great takeaway, as well as just that you know, you know, creating your own you know your own profile online so people know who you are, and that education of the client. Tons of great stuff in this one. Thanks. Brett, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your kind words about Builder Trend and, and being a loyal client for this many years. Um, we're really glad to hear that. Uh, you know, all things considered, you guys are still still in there and fighting. Let's hope for you and the Washington State, uh, all contractors there, that we can get some normalcy there soon. And, um, you know, we wish you obviously the best in 2021.
1: Thank you. We appreciate that. We're looking for some more normalcy, too.
0: All right. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're hoping for that as well. Thank you. And we'll check in down the line. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the podcast. We have Dave Left from Left Construction. Good morning. Thank you very much. It's morning where you are. You're obviously on the on the West Coast because you were to be a part of our uh, West uh, series for the regional look back at 2020. Uh, we very much thank you for your time and filling out the survey. And, you know, we were talking just a little bit before we started recording. It sounds like you have a, a, a unique story like many others. And so I'm really excited to dive into that. Before we do that, uh, for those who have never heard of you or your business, do you want to give somebody, the audience, just sort of a recap of who you are and what you do?
2: Sure. So, um, we are a, uh, a residential design build company. Um, we've been in business. I founded the company 43 years ago. Wow. So we've been around for a while. Um, we, uh, are, are, we do, uh, some uh, new construction, and uh, the rest of our work is is typically higher end whole house remodels. We're up in uh, in wine country in California, just north of San Francisco, and it's uh, it's an area where there's uh, quite a few expensive homes and a destination for people uh, to move to, and so there's a, there's a market for, for us for high end remodeling. The other big thing about um, about us is we are now an employee-owned company. About a, about a year ago, uh, I sold uh, my company to my employees uh, via an ESOP. And so we're now hundred uh, percent employee-owned.
0: And, and how many employees do you have or own? We have,
2: we have uh, right now we have a, somewhere around between 27 and 30. It varies depending on the, the size of the field crew.
0: Yeah, so so that that size, and we've talked to all sizes of companies. You know, somebody does you know two employees because they sub absolutely everything out, including like you know design and all of that. Sounds like you do quite a bit in house, both with people in the field and your design team, right?
2: Yeah, we have we have a design staff consisting of of, of three architects and two interior designers. Mm-hmm. We don't do any uh, any competitive bidding. All of our work is is negotiated design, build work.
0: Okay. So let's dive into last year because you brought up a couple of interesting things. So you were working obviously on this ESOP, you know, giving over the ownership of your company to your employees. That's essentially an exit for you. It's a way a business owner exits their business, correct? Correct.
2: Right. That's correct.
0: And so you, you've been working on this a lot. Actually, I heard, I, I heard you speak about this on, on a, on another podcast or models advantage. So Dave, you go through all of that, which I thought was super, super interesting. So yeah. I, I am listening to other, other podcasts out there. Um, but that just doesn't happen overnight. So you had that in the works, right?
2: Right. We've been working on that for almost two years. Took okay. about long to get it going. And, and, and of course, the, the COVID really, uh, Slowed things down.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, did you get that announced and and launched pre March 2020, or did it have to happen afterwards?
2: No, it happened. It happened uh, in the middle of of last year.
0: Oh wow! So just add add some more stress onto it. So let's talk about last year because I think you're going to have a different story than many uh, have heard on this podcast. And just uh, to recap, mainly what we've talked to so far uh, are, are companies across all over the United States and Canada. We're also going to go down to Australia and New Zealand. So far, everybody we spoke to had almost a record 2020. After the pandemic hit in March 2020, obviously there was a month or two of just sort of unknown and, and a little stop of everything. But after that, almost everyone we talked to had a record year. Not the case for you.
2: No, that's partially because California um, shut down earlier than most states. And we had a very, very strict protocol that we had to follow and, and, you know, very restrictive requirements. So the result for us is that we were pretty much dead in the water for the for the second quarter, March through June. Mm -hmm. And it was really just... We, we basically had to just stop. We weren't working anywhere. We were not allowed to work uh, in, uh, in occupied homes. Um, we had to follow a, a very strict protocol on job sites that, that uh, made it difficult, if not impossible, to work on some projects. And, and, uh, and people were just reluctant to do anything. Our, our, and so, so our design died. All of our design staff weren't working. Our field staff were, you know, were off work. I mean, the PPP program helped us out a lot with that. And it was really not until after Memorial Day that things started to turn around. And we, But still, we were not allowed to work in homes that were occupied. So uh, that, that limited our, our work to, um, to either new homes or homes that you know, second homes or, or homes that people weren't living in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I... is for us mm-hmm. is that um, a lot of our our projects are second homes for people uh, from from San Francisco or Silicon Valley. Uh, so there were a few projects we could work on, but it was it was the the third quarter things picked up again. Uh, but then we're really dependent on our design staff to be designing projects that we can then build. And since the designers weren't working in the, the, the second and the beginning of the third quarter, by the time that the, the projects that we did have were finished, we didn't have a new set of projects to start in that fourth quarter. So the, the, the net result for us is that we were about 40% below, uh, our budget, our, our revenue projections and our, our prior year, Uh, revenue.
0: Wow. So how does, how do you deal with that? I mean, let's just make a really simple question. How do you deal with that? Like as a business owner, I have to imagine you have a ton of pressure to keep people employed, keep, keep your team or the owners of your business now, um, you know, running. I mean, what did you do?
2: Well, the PPP program allowed us to keep paying people. You know, fortunately we had cash reserves that allowed us to, to cover a lot of the the months that we weren't working we just dealt with a year where we weren't making you know we were I mean we it was profitable but just barely Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and uh, you know but the 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 good news is is that and we can talk about yeah not the past but the future but the good news is that that it is now picked up so now we're experiencing what a lot of other companies across the company across the country we're experiencing of last year. That's good. we are very busy now and the projects have gotten bigger. Average job size has probably doubled from early, you know, beginning of last year.
0: What, what do you contribute that to?
2: It is, it is all about uh, people moving into the area because they've learned that they can work from home and they don't need to be in the city. They don't need to be in Silicon Valley. They don't need to be in L.A., they can move up to to you know a much more desirable place to live, buy a home, they they sold a home where they where they're coming from, they have cash, or buying homes, and then remodeling them. And you know, a lot of work, a lot of our projects are, are creating home offices in inside homes or building detached home offices. That's as, awesome. as part of a larger remodeling project.
0: Yeah, I, I have a feeling we're going to do, we're going to see a lot of that, the detached, like if you have a good a size uh, lot, you know, it, it makes like especially, especially where you guys are at, just to walk outside in the morning, go to some sort of like a, a detached office and, and that can still be your place because it is hard to work in your home.
2: That's right. It's hard to leave the work at the Yeah,
0: office. exactly. So that's really interesting. So you're seeing in general... Uh, your, your city is Sebastopol. Is that how you say that? that? That's right. Okay. And so that you're saying that's around Napa or that is in Napa?
2: Well, it's not in Napa's in Jason County. Okay. We're in Sonoma, Sonoma
0: County. Okay. So both Napa and Sonoma are seeing this, what people talk about, this, this migration of these people moving to these areas, right? Yes. It's like a gold rush for you. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. That's I mean, awesome. It's, because it's a silver you, silver lining that's yeah. for sure i mean because you mentioned it especially where you're from if you're selling a home in la if you're selling a home in southern california or even san francisco and you you had that home for five or ten years you've made a lot of money right and so then you've got this bunch of money you're gonna go buy a property that's less of that and then you get a bunch of cash reserves over it wow it's good to be in construction where you're at yeah that's awesome yeah. well that's really great to hear um and so looking to 2021, are, are you going to be having to add to your team uh, or do you feel like you guys can handle the volume or what's that look like over the next year?
2: Uh, we are we are currently um, in the process of, of adding to our design staff and our field staff.
0: That's great. And, and, you know, everybody talks about a labor shortage in construction. I think we all feel that for like the tradesmen. Is that is that the same when it comes to design as well or – is that a little bit easier for you to find? Oh,
2: yes, it is. Definitely. I mean, it just means that we're, we're, um, you know, we're going after people that are, uh, that are working somewhere else. Okay. We're, we're recruiting, you know, cause there, there's no one, you know, if you're not working now, there's a reason. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. So you're head hunting right now. Right. All right. Look at all those construction companies in around you better watch out.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, I think you know, everyone's doing it. Too. Yeah.
0: No, I understand. So you, you you had mentioned you're in California, and at the outset of the pandemic, you had more restrictions than I would just say most, the majority of the United States out there. Those are coming down from the governor. Um, if you read the news, those things haven't let up all that much. Is that correct, or are you seeing a little bit more flexibility in what you're able to do in a construction job site?
2: It hasn't let up too much. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the reason why we're uh, having... The, the good the beginning of the the good beginning to this year that we are is is really because almost all our projects are unoccupied homes and because it, there's it's still very difficult to work in in mm-hmm. a home where families are living yeah. just because of the requirements for the job site protocol
0: and California is notoriously tough to begin with uh, with all of the, like, the red tape environmental things that you have to go through do you find that you see a lot of that in Southern California. Do you find that the same sort of restrictions or sort of red, oh, red tape where yes. you're at?
2: And you know, we're we're just so used to it that it's right. You know, I just can't believe when I when I go into other states and talk to other builders, how easy it is to to get things done in some other states. Yeah,
0: and I and I, I sort of I was I was trying to stop myself a little bit because I didn't want to make make it seem like i just said you have a gold rush going there and so like I, I didn't want a competition to, to go and you know you'd be afraid of that but nobody's gonna go <laughs> Nobody who's never built in california is gonna go there and, and succeed you're not gonna
2: want to move from texas to california yeah
0: no. it's a whole different ball game you're playing there well uh I, I think that it's really great to hear that that this year is going to be good for you guys um I have to imagine that you guys have really doubled or tripled down on your virtual communication then um, due to both the type of work you do, um, you know, people moving in may not even be living there yet, second homes, but also, you know, the pandemic and, and some of the restrictions we've had there.
2: Yes. Um, and that was something that we started uh, in the beginning to develop. A, I mean, we tried doing virtual sales calls, which we was not very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ended up, you know, doing a lot of out outdoor sales calls. We are pretty much uh, doing all of our design work and presentation work to clients uh, virtually. Uh, Builder Trend has been a great resource for us, uh, just because we've started doing all of our uh, uh, our client selections, our material and finish selections via Builder Trend. It's it's just given us a, a vehicle to to um, an organized vehicle to stay in touch with our clients, you know, to communicate through Builder Trend, uh, we use the scheduling module a lot, um, and and because and anything that we can do that, that makes the uh, the virtual communication work better is is something that we you know we we treasure.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I guess that's an interesting topic. I I typically stay away from diving into Builder Trend just because. You know, there's, there's a ton of information about build the Trend out there. I think people listen to this podcast for the exact things you've been saying, just hearing your story. But I think it is interesting that, you know, the, how long you've been with us. So how long have you been? I have it at 2018. Does that sound about right for you, March? That's, yes. Yeah. So do you feel like... Well, let me set this up. So typically a construction company can't just go all in on build a plan. I mean, we have like 29 major features and it's really dependent upon, you know, what's important to you when you sign up. And it's sort of more of a gradual build thing in terms of learning the features and getting them incorporated to your company. Do you feel like once the pandemic hit, it was a push for you to go, what else can this thing do? Because we need to be doing stuff virtually now.
2: Yes, that's exactly what happened we were looking for, for any way that we could, uh, improve our, our virtual relationships with our clients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had, we had done, you know, we have a showroom at our, at our, at our design center, which we couldn't use. And so we had sort we developed sort of an online showroom and a, and a, and a process for creating virtual showroom and, allowing helping people to make their selections so that we were able to bring builder trend into that uh and it it was just perfectly set up for us to do that um we uh, you know we have we we don't use the uh the financial ends of builder trend just because we're on a we're on a accounting software that that doesn't builder trend doesn't talk to so we 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 use both of those but for I- anything that we can we are as we learn about what's, what we can do with builder trend, we, we're incorporating as much as we can. That's good. Signing, signing of one thing we found is the virtual change order signing of change orders virtually. And, and, uh, you know, it was really helpful.
0: Yeah. And, and so I'm doing, I'll plug this. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but as you know, the international builder show is our biggest show in our industry. Have you, have you typically gone to that show? I've not
2: gone to that show. Okay.
0: Well, when it comes back online, I recommend it. Although you're you're not an owner anymore. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Maybe just send some of your other owners. <laughs> um, but it's a huge show, right? And everybody's heard of it. First time in its history, it's going online, totally virtual. So we won't be there our 15th year in a row. But I'm doing a class, and the class was talking about um, changes you need to make in your workflow or process as a business due to COVID-19, Obviously, a lot of that's virtual. One thing I talked about is daily logs, how you should be constantly doing daily logs for your clients. It's a great way to communicate what's going on on the job site. Do you guys uh, utilize daily logs yet?
2: Yeah, we do. Actually, that's another thing that we are using.
0: Yeah, that's a good one because it's so easy for your team just to say, here's what happened this week. Here are a couple photos, even a video. If you're not doing videos yet, video walkthroughs, that's a really good tip. And then you can sort of collaborate and communicate with the client on that.
2: And and the photos we've been using. No, uh, just the way of organizing the photos on Builder Trends is yeah. just
0: really helpful. Well, that's really good to hear. I mean, we're to be completely transparent. We're just really happy that we were there at a time that our clients really needed to start using it. I mean, nobody uses Builder Trend 100% prior to the pandemic. We might have a group of people who do now, which is which is really great. Uh, that being said, we add new things all the time. So be on the lookout for more features that are going to help out here in 2021.
1: And
2: I, I think it, now that you say that the uh, the International Builders Show is um, is going to be virtual this year, I will make a point of attending.
0: Yeah, there you go. First time. Look out for my class, Mobile Project Management on the Go. That's the last I'll plug it. But there's going to be some great uh, great keynote speakers, great education sessions there. So yeah, make sure maybe you can carve out some time for you and your team to check it out. Um, I guess at the end, the last what I'll say is that. First of all, great to hear that you're going to have a great year. Um, that's always something that we're really excited about for our clients and really appreciate your time here. As As you look back at how you survived uh, this last year that was difficult, do you attribute a lot of that to being in business for 43 years and going through the 08, 09, and, and all the different ups and downs that you've seen in construction?
2: You know, what, one of what we really learned from COVID, just reinforced something that I was always knew, always talked about, and that is that cash is king. Yep, and that um, you know we were fortunate. We've been around long enough. We built up you know enough of a working capital that that it allowed us to to survive through the, the really tough times. But um, you know, keeping keeping whenever possible, keeping six months of overhead in cash. Allows you to get through these kind of things, mm-hmm. so um, you know that was, that's one of the lessons that I got out of, out of COVID. The other thing that was that I think is going to um, to, to carry on after things uh, turn around is that is that we learned that we can some of us can work from home and it works fine, works effectively, and I think that we will probably see. Our designers, some of our designers and some of our uh, admin staff continuing to work from home, um, which means that we need less office space. Yeah, that's
0: that's a shared lesson that we learned at Builder Trend too. I mean, I, I don't know that we were hesitant to let people work from home, but it just wasn't necessary. And so when you're finally pushed to do that, and I'm sure you can maybe feel the same way, you go, oh, wow, they're just as productive, maybe in some cases more. And again, there are some benefits to the business of that,
2: right? You know, and the other the other big issue that that came with, with COVID is is the in, how it interrupted the supply chain,
0: yeah,
2: and and the, and created you know a, problems for subcontractors as well as as our vendors, mm-hmm. and so um, we they, the one thing that that we that has changed that I think that will continue into the future is that. We can't count on on uh, on things being delivered when they say they're going to be delivered, or or subcontractors' availability when they when they think they're going to be available. So, you know, we're, our approach now is to make sure, is to get as much of the materials on site or or close by before we start a project, hmm. because we cannot, you know, our the schedule is critical, and we can't count on on things being able to project at, at accurately. Uh, when we'll have our cabinets, when
0: we'll... wow, that's a huge shift. So you guys try to do, you you try to get almost all product on site, on site or close to the site, or in hand, where you're in control. Clo-
2: right. You know, we, if we have a conf- absolutely firm, confirmed delivery date, then we can work with that. But yeah, when it, much more so than in the past, we would get things delivered into our into our facility or into the job site before we start.
0: Okay. So that might delay the start of the project, but that'll ensure when you do start that project that you can be much more consistent when you're communicating with the client about, you know, progress and when they're going to eventually be in. That's right.
2: Yeah. That's
0: a great tip. Take that away. Listeners like, you know, if you can do that, order it all up front, you don't have to have a warehouse or anything, right? You're just, you know, no, no. We,
2: we would use the the client's garage whenever possible, or or and we have a small storage area. I mean, we have a yard that we can store things
0: in. Okay, that's a great, great takeaway, great tip. Thanks, Dave. Um, it's been really amazing to have you on the podcast. Um, you know, forty three years of experience is is always good. We've already gotten a couple gems from you, so we definitely appreciate that. Um, obviously, it looks like being in the business for this long. Um, you were maybe not ready for it, but you were prepared for, for what last year threw at you. Um, yeah. and, and a little tip for the young, uh, owners out there, do not buy that truck this year, throw some money in savings, get six months of working capital. That, that's right. That's, yeah. that's a good takeaway. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it so much, Dave. I'm gonna let you get back to your day. Uh, thank you for joining us on this regional podcast series. Uh, if they, if anybody wants to learn more about you and your business, I'm sure you have a website.
2: Left construction.com.
0: And do you guys uh, have any social media that you like to do? Like Instagram, Facebook? Um, we do
2: yeah, not, I, I, you know, our, we have a, a full time marketing person and I don't know much about, I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure everything she's doing, but yeah, we have Facebook and Instagram and awesome. And house and all the other stuff, all all
0: the other ones. We'll check out the website. If you want to learn more about Dave uh, and his business and uh, give them a follow on all their social media, it's good to give everybody follows and encourage that. So thank you again, Dave, really appreciate the time and uh, we'll talk to you later.
2: Well, great talking to you. Thank you. You
0: bet. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of the building code. Make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen to podcasts. Also head out to Facebook and join the building code crew. And finally, drop me a line at podcast at buildthetrend.com. We want to hear from you, suggestions on guests or topics, anything. Thanks so much for joining and appreciate you.